everybody, and welcome back to Cozy Clicks Podcast. We're officially within the fall season, so cozy up with us on this week's episode where we talk about adventure. Before we jump into today's episode on adventure, let's talk about some recent buzz that has been going around. I want to give an update. On our last episode, I said that Ed Sheeran was done with his North America leg of the tour. I believed that his last show was at the end of September for some reason. I was completely wrong and the end of his tour for North America is actually on the 28th of October. So if you're in Vegas and you're looking for something to do and you want to see him, there's your chance. In other news, Lizzie, today, what is today? Wednesday the 11th, October 11th. Yes. Is the release of the Eras Tour movie. No way. Yeah, it was actually really surprised by this. Like, okay. I thought it was going to release on the 13th. Here we are two days prior and she's holding, I'm not sure if she's going to be there, but she's holding a premiere for the Eras Tour movie. Oh, I would love to see it first, but I thought we were going to see it first. I thought we were going to see it first too. And I'm a little sad, but that's okay. We will get our chance. I am going to try not to look at any spoilers. Same. I want to, even though we've already been to the concert. (laughs) Spoilers, really? I know. (laughs) But I'm trying to, I don't want to, what if there's something that we, behind the scenes maybe. Right, right. Oh, and she added more movie dates um, or movie times because of the demand. Okay. So there's that. And that's going to be really exciting. We're going to go on Friday. So not sure what we're going to wear, but I'm very excited. I know. Same. And I know you have an update. I do. On something that we haven't actually talked about on this podcast. We have not. Um, So shifting gears here, but staying kind of in the same realm. Jada Pinkett Smith had confessed that she's been separated from Will Smith since 2016. 2016 mm-hmm. seven years separated and is, um, oh sorry go ahead no I was just gonna say is this before the red table talk or after the red table talk oh my gosh I really wish I did a better job but any of you guys that have just know it or done a better job of researching um you know just know that you're probably correct but I will say I do not know but let's just say that this is even after Red Table Talk, I would be surprised. I would be shocked. I would be shocked too. I'm actually really shocked. I don't know what to say. I just, this, I think this story just broke today. Mm-hmm. I kind of felt like there was some trouble there after the entanglement. Yeah. Because, and I know, I think that Will Smith said that he was trying to move past that and they were both trying to build a relationship. Mm-hmm. But. I'm I'm shocked. I don't know what to say. Yeah, I'm shocked. I mean, I I am both shocked and surprised. Shocked because when she made that announcement, it was like a little sneak preview of her also announcing to the press that she'll be promoting her upcoming memoir named Worthy. So, I was taken aback by that just to know like it's one thing to announce to the world that you are actually separated from your husband. But then it's also another thing to utilize that vehicle and then announce your memoir. What, I mean, what I'm trying to say is that I am very sad for Will Smith. I am also very sad for Will Smith. 
the only thing that I can think of, and this just popped into my head right now, is whether he was kind of in on it and maybe she, and this is like best case scenario that she no, like, you're right. You know, I didn't think of that, but I should have, but you're right. Yeah. But best case scenario, she let him know like, Hey, I want to come out with this memoir. I want to tell people that we've been separated for so-and-so long and out of respect to your partner and your husband at that point. And if you're on good terms, you let them know and hopefully they're yeah. okay with it. It's just really surprising that they're deciding to, or that she, as far as I know, she is deciding to come out with this right now because it's been so long. They said that they've been separated for six years or she said that it's been six years. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, oh, I was going to say why now, but it, with the memoir, right. it kind of makes sense. Right. I, I was shocked. I think that's exactly in my mind too, like, especially like the slap that was heard all over the world why now (laughs) we're keeping that in there by the way (laughs) because it was i i just had to ask a question like okay um you didn't really say anything when he was basically basically trying to like defend your honor but you're saying something now because you have something to promote that's where i'm a little bit uh just again i'm dumbfounded by that i don't understand it but Yeah, best case scenario is what you said. I wonder if the slap was a way of him showing her how much he cares about her still and how much he's willing to go to fight for her as as his wife. Or Mm -hmm. they've been separated, but they're not divorced, I don't think. So Mm -hmm. I wonder if they were trying to rebuild things and then being in a rocky place and Mm -hmm. somebody kind of saying something about your wife, somebody that you still really care about and you're trying to work it out so is it a way to make a statement you know that's a a really good point where i'm leaning is like towards what you're saying because um i don't i don't really see how else it could have built up to that point where you know you've got to be feeling some kind of way really intensely for you to for for a little joke like that to just tip you off to for you to feel so compelled to walk up those stairs right straight down that long walkway by the way and just pull it back and just swing your arm right across that man's face i will say that that is that was very aggressive like i don't actually agree with him assaulting um chris rock it's it's it was unnecessary it was unnecessary I will say, and like, you know, I know comedians, they kind of don't always think about who they're offending or anything when they're saying their jokes, right? Mm -hmm. But, and so I like have recently, I try to put myself in other people's shoes. I can't put myself in Will Smith's shoes, but I will put myself in Jada Pinkett Smith's shoes. And if I'm Mm. going through something so vulnerable, like losing my hair And it's, like, very sensitive to me. And somebody goes Mm -hmm. and, like, makes fun of me, like, in front of the world. Like, I would be mortified. I would be sad. I still wouldn't condone, like, my partner going and, like, hitting someone. Yeah. But I will say that maybe it was something sensitive that Chris Rock didn't know about. And maybe he thought that she did it for, like, just... Maybe a role, a movie role. A movie role or like or the style. style yeah no that's totally fair and didn't know but i know that she came out on video like before i think before that saying that she did have alopecia um 
So maybe he didn't know and he thought it was just like her style. And he was like, well, there's no harm in, in poking fun at like her style, like if we're friends or something. Mm-hmm. But when it, it was like a health condition, like maybe it set not only her off, but it set Will Smith off. And maybe he was like, I need to defend her because at this point we're fighting for our marriage. Yeah. And, you know, that's a really good point. At like, at least thinking of where their headspace was before that incident and then, you know, that must have been the straw that broke the camel's back. Right. But I still don't condone hitting um, Chris Rock or violence in any in any case. And, you know, I, I just that's kind of where I stand on that. But <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that's how it that's how it worked out. Yeah, it did. But yeah, I wanted to bring that up because I thought that was a very interesting um buzz for the week and i want to get your take on it so thank you but before we move forward on that do you think that will smith will release his own public statement about what's going on or do you think he's just kind of stay quiet and let her kind of take the the lead on on everything you know time will only tell i will say from what we have or have not seen from will smith it seems like he may stay quiet until a few more years Right, like he seems like more of like a reserved person, doesn't really put his business out there. She seems much more comfortable talking to the media about her personal life. She does. Moving on from there, would you consider yourself an adventurous type of person? Is that in all aspects of your life? How far do you go before you've hit your limit? Keep listening to find out more on this week's topic. So we came across this topic or maybe like what ignited this topic was everything that was happening with the submersibles Mm -hmm. back in June, in June, Mm -hmm. around June. And I know we were all really invested in what was going on with the submersibles. And unfortunately, you know, it wasn't such a good outcome, but it really got me thinking about being like adventurous. And I recently came across more TikToks of people climbing the Half Dome cables in Yosemite. Whoa. And it's like a really, really steep like incline. I don't know how long it is, but I saw a video where a girl slid down <gasps> the cables and mm-hmm. I think she was okay. Oh, thank God. But it really got me thinking there's so many people out there that are really adventurous mm-hmm. and you know it's such maybe it's like such a big community out there and maybe I'm in the minority but yeah a lot of people love like hiking a lot of people love doing adventurous things and so that's what really brought today's topic to light and speaking of Yosemite um, not only the half dome cables, if anybody's done the half dome cables, let us know if it's as hard as it looks. I personally am not going to try it because I know I would slide down as well. Um, but speaking of Yosemite, Lizzie, you and I watched the movie Free Solo. Oh, I forgot. Yes, yes, we did. I believe it's on Hulu and it's about a man, Alex Honnold, and he did a free solo climb in Yosemite as well at a place called El Capitan in 2017 and he did it without any like ropes he did it without any like any safety net basically and it's like 
it's a crazy it's a crazy that's documentary intense. i i feel like my i was holding my breath as you were describing all of that i have been to yosemite i don't know exactly where yosemite is so big so mm-hmm. i don't exactly know if i've ever been or even seen where he did his solo climb have you been to yosemite lizzie I don't think I have. No. I know. For shame. I'm a Californian. I never know. It's not too far. Maybe (laughs) we can make a trip out at some time. Um, I know there's campgrounds there too. So I really want to see where it was that he did his solo climb. If anybody is interested, that movie is called Free Solo and it's on Alex Honnold. And it really is kind of incredible to see how, how invested he was in this solo climb. But it's also kind of scary because without any safety net, his drop could have been deadly. Right. It was pretty um, surprising to me how calm and unfazed he was of the extremely high risk of danger he put himself in. Very cool and collected. Very focused, too. He was. He had incredible focus. Um, Not to spoil anything, but I think they also showed some analysis of his mind of how and why that was. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, it's really cool because that leads into another question. It's like, why do people risk their safety to get like a thrill? Well, great question, Ashley. I saw this article from Psychology Today and it had mentioned that thrill seekers aren't motivated by danger. They're driven to conquer new challenges and soak up every new experience that life has to offer. And they simply just don't let danger dissuade them. Which is fascinating being so much of an opposite person I only think about danger and maybe that is a very self-limiting way to live but I would love to be the type of person that doesn't really see the danger and that goes and and does something adventurous but like they're not dissuaded by the danger how do you differentiate between doing something because you're going to have some personal fulfillment and kind of separating the dangerous aspect of it. And like that has to leave your mind because you have to be so focused on what you're doing because any slip up could be fatal. Right. I also wonder a little bit of that is, do they see it one and the same? To your point, because I just don't, I'm not an adventurous person either. And for me, my first thing will be, how do I keep staying alive rather than how much fun this is going to be or how thrilling it is going to be? Maybe for those from the psychology today description, maybe they're just thinking and like, Hey, if I jump off this cliff, this looks pretty fun. But for them, like maybe the more dangerous it is, the more fun it'll be kind of thing. That's the one and the same. But Hey, if any of you guys are adventures, like adventure seekers or thrill seekers, let us know. Like, uh, why do you, seek out those kinds of excursions and you know what kind of fulfillment do you get from that I definitely would be really interested to know because I'm still stuck on the fact of like disregarding your safety to fulfill something adventurous or do if you are that way and you are a thrill seeker do you not really see the danger is that like an aspect of it where you underestimate how dangerous it can actually be um because leaning into that a little bit say let's say the people who do Mount Everest like that is a really big accomplishment to do Mm -hmm. and I know it's something only 
far and few people actually accomplish. But it's so incredibly dangerous. But I'm sure the reward that you get from doing something that only so little have done is is so gratifying. Mm-hmm. And not to sound a little bit morbid, but it's so high the risk of failure and stuff and the danger is so incredibly high that they even have bodies on Mount Everest. Oh no. That they can't recover. <gasps> yeah, so there's that's sad. I don't know personally because I've never done it, but I know that at least some people have said that they cross they have crossed like dead bodies going up to Mount Everest and they have to just keep they can't stop for them they can't take it down because it's dangerous right yeah I think it's too dangerous to well you're gonna use a lot of energy trying to bring it back down that I think that that's like a dangerous aspect of it and I think it's too dangerous for like helicopters or anything to go and grab as well there's a really well-known um body up there and I want to say that it's believed to be the body of Sawang Paul Jor, and I apologize if I'm saying that wrong. It is believed to be his body, but he's more well known as the green boots because that's like the color of the boots that people have mm. seen and Got the it. most recognizable figure, but they can't go out of their way to retrieve his body. Wow. And so it's just so incredibly sad. And, you know, I... I'm also, I also feel for like the family members because you can only hope that you, one, you either have no closure because you don't know what happened or two, you just hope that that is your family member, even though no one can confirm at this point because it's too dangerous or maybe it is confirmed. I'm not too sure. You guys let us know, but either way, it always fascinates me that people are willing to go out of their way and older people also do these excursions what yeah wow. I, I know for the half known cables I saw a video of an older man he must have been like in his 90s and he was going wow. up but he was having help I think from like his granddaughter she was like right there with him helping helping him and the the hikers that were there as well they all got out of the way to help him like clear a path oh, for him to go really out there nice. yeah and so I wonder if in that case it's like you're at the end of your life and you want to continue you and if you're you're still abled body you want to continue to to do some of these things yeah. that you would have when you were younger so is that more so like you've always done this or is it more so something to make you feel alive right like a bucket list that you have right, right like a bucket list Wow. Because a lot of these things require you to be like physically fit. Right. Especially the Mount Everest one. Like I can't imagine you going further and further up. You're just losing um, oxygen, like the amount of oxygen level. So you'd have to be very fit because even now I get winded going up the stairs. There's no way I'd be up there. I get going up the stairs too. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, there's absolutely no way I'm making it very far at all. So safe to say me and you aren't gonna be attempting mount everest anytime soon Nope. i definitely am not built for it and if any of you are hoping to do that in the future i wish you safety and hopefully you would be one of the few that have made it to the top yeah tell us all about it if you have moving on a little bit 
kind of within the same realm mm-hmm. cave divers oh that sounds like really tight-knit tell me more so this is something that like i didn't even realize was anything people were doing until recently i saw a video of cave divers and i don't know why i'm getting so much adventurous stuff popping up on my for you <laughs> i'm definitely not their target demographic but i saw a video of cave divers and i'm very claustrophobic i'm a very claustrophobic person i don't even like when i was younger i didn't even like like the dog pile thing i felt like i couldn't breathe oh, I, yeah i'm not a fan of that especially like if i'm at the bottom with all like the weight all the weight oh my mm-hmm. god suffocate Ugh. So I don't know why I decided to watch this. It made me incredibly uncomfortable, but there's a whole community out there that does cave diving. So they, yeah, they explore like empty caves and then they go and, and squeeze into like really small areas. If you are up for it, you should, you should take a look at, at some of those videos that are so small. My eyes are like way up there right now. I'm shocked to hear that there is a community and, um, how does one even find these kinds of excursions? But anyway, I'm more interested to know a little bit more about this. They're very organized. They have like full on maps about like mm. where you have to go so that way you don't get lost. Okay. Because I mean, you still have to know where you're going and like where your exit is, even if it's like really squished and stuff. So they're very organized and these people love what they do. But it is incredibly dangerous and there have been multiple occasions where people have taken the wrong turn and have actually gotten stuck in really, really, really tight positions. Underwater? No, no, no. It's just caves. Just caves. Okay. I was yeah, wondering like at some point, like they hit water or something. Sorry. Um, maybe. Okay. You know, I'm but. sure there are some out there that can, I, I, you know what? I think there is a case somewhere where somebody was in a cave and there was a lot of water coming in. Oh, gosh. But uh, I, commonly, not not a lot of water. As far as the ones that I've seen, not water. Okay. Just that they got stuck between two rocks without being able to actually... Like, they oh. overestimate or underestimate. They underestimate how big the actual opening is. Mm. And they think that they can fit through it. So uh-huh. then they get stuck or they took a wrong turn. And in those cases attempts have been made to retrieve the bodies but it's also incredibly dangerous to retrieve bodies from from those positions in some cases they have still been alive and people are are attempting to help them but they have passed away in the middle of it because it's so hard to get their bodies back oh my god and i know suffocating under all and they're yes and in those cases like some bodies have had to be left inside the caves no just kind of the same as mount everest so this is so heartbreaking it's so heartbreaking so there's a movie out there called the last descent i think it came out in 2000 i'm not gonna say when actually i want to say like 2006 2010 i know that's a really big that's it lizzie's gonna tell us right now 2016 okay i was way off if you combine (laughs) six and ten (laughs) you would have got it um so that movie came out and it's actually based on a true story of somebody who cave dived so if anyone might have seen it was i i know commercials are going around it was like pretty popular at the time i don't know how many people knew it was a true story 
But if anybody has seen that, that was based on a true story of cave diving. Wow. You know what? You were pretty close to actually, even though it came out in 2016, the event was based during a 2009 incident. You were close. Oh, I was so close, but... It's a very, very heartbreaking story. So if you don't want to see anything sad, then I would skip it. But I will say a lot of a lot of cave divers, although it is risky, a lot of them have been successful and have successfully done these like cave diving excursions. So there's also that. For those of you wondering where this uh, real life incident had occurred, it happened in Nutty Putty Cave. Um, west of the Utah Lake. So any of you that are based out of Utah, maybe know about this, um, tell us more. Utah in the United States. So not that far from California. Mm-mm. No, just a couple states over. And I know here in California, there was a cave in Santa Cruz. There's Santa Cruz. a oh. cave in Santa Cruz that recently got shut down because it was really people were trying to go and do some like cave diving there but I think it was like kind of wet so it was like really hard for them to go in and so I think the city just basically you know said we're gonna close this so if anybody doesn't know where Santa Cruz California is home of the mystery spot (laughs) I'm sure there's other mystery spots somewhere out there, but if anybody knows the mystery spot, it's in Santa Cruz, California. (laughs) And if you've been there, let us know how your experience was. We were there a couple years ago, I think. It was our first, shame on us. It was our first time going and we grew up in California. I know. I haven't been to Yosemite yet. It was our first time going a couple years ago. I shame on us. Sorry, guys. When it's in your backyard, you're like, eh. But I think it's more fun when you visit other cities or you, if you're new to the area, new state and et cetera. And you're like, I want to check all this stuff out. Right. I know we've been to Santa Cruz a million times, but just never the mystery spot. I know. It's really short. It is uh, surprisingly short and um, truly just as bizarre as they say. So um, if you ever come to California and you're going to make a trip out to Santa Cruz, definitely stop by the mystery spot would recommend it's not that expensive either so if you're looking for something to do and also speaking of santa cruz california us was filmed in santa cruz california at least like the beginning of us where she goes into like a little maze and it was like on the boardwalk and so was the movie bumblebee from transformers the um the main actress Haley seinfeld Haley. I don't know her last name, actually. But she worked at the... Was it Seinfeld? Steinfeld. Steinfeld. I'm so sorry, Haley. But she worked at, like, the corn... Like, corn dog place. Oh. I have an update about the corn dog place. Can I just... I have to hear about this, yes. I'm just going to verge off. Slight detour. Slight detour. This corn dog place that was in that movie where she worked... Uh Uh-huh. It's been around for generations. It's been around forever. Okay. So recently, Santa Cruz actually said that it was going to close down. Oh. But you know what? It's not closing down because the owners want to close down. Santa mm. Cruz Boardwalk does not want to renew their lease. What? Or they don't want to re- like renew their, their business. Oh, yeah. I see. I see. And the two girls that operate it said that it's been in their family forever. So they're really sad that it's not 
renewed yeah because it's iconic like it's been in movies right maybe iconic isn't the right word because people from other places are gonna say we don't know about your guys's corn dog place <laughs> um but yeah it's really sad you've heard it here first if you did hear it here first so very sad news so go and grab them before they're gone moving on from there i wanted to ask this broad question to everyone you included ashley at what point in your life were you adventurous? When did you realize that you were adventurous? I can go first to share. Um, I knew I was adventurous when I was just getting out of high school. Um, you know, in college, you know, when you're younger, definitely adventurous. Um, wanted to see uh, more of the world and everything. And when I had my fill, I realized like, okay, I'm not as adventurous as I think I am. And I'm happy being the less adventurous person. So it's really interesting that you say that because I do think that when you're younger, and I want to say like your teens, your early 20s, your mid-20s, you definitely don't have a sense of fear during those ages, mm. during that age. You don't have a sense of fear and you kind of feel like invincible, like nothing's going to happen to you. And so I wonder if that plays a role into how adventurous someone is during that time. Ah, good point. Because I want to say during that time, I maybe I wasn't like super adventurous, but I definitely would have been open, more open to like skydiving or yeah. or doing something out of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the older that I've gotten, and I'm in my late 20s now, but the older that I've gotten with every year that passes, I'm terrified of doing things. Like I would, I won't even consider skydiving anymore. Same, same. I've also heard that from um, my older peers that um, before I had reached my thirties, my peers were telling me, "You're just gonna get scared more and more every year, Lizzie. I am afraid of driving at night when I didn't used to be, and just know that it's okay and that it's normal." So that was a bit more, that was more comforting to realize that um, a lot of people go through that um, feelings and thoughts too. I'm half laughing because you say that it's comforting, but to me, all I hear is I'm going to continue to get more afraid as like the years go on. <laughs> At least I feel like I'm, I don't feel alone in the thought of like, why am I getting more scared? At least I know that other people feel this way as well. Yeah. I feel like the older that we get, we kind of understand how fragile life is. Yeah. Maybe we've seen too much or heard too much and gone through things that it becomes a little bit more scary, but not for everybody because there's definitely people out there who are adults who love adventure, love thrill. And I would love to be one of those people. But to your point, when you say, when did you realize you were adventurous? I don't think I... I don't think I am. So I don't think there was ever a reason, like a time where I realized I was adventurous. If anything, growing a little bit older made me realize I'm not adventurous. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm definitely a city girl. I don't even love camping. I don't know that I've ever been camping. I don't think I've ever been camping. And for anyone that's grown up in, I'm not sure if it's a Bay Area thing, but um, you know, when you're either elementary or middle school, um, you're asked if you'd like to participate and go off into this camp. I never got to go because I think my parents were afraid that camping uh, was something about actually being in the wilderness and being near dangerous animals. So that's what my parents were thinking it was, even though it wasn't. Um, and I didn't get to go. 
So even if that was the closest thing I could have been to, I didn't get to do that either. Speaking of science camp, yes, I did go to science camp. So you're right. I actually, I don't know if it's a Bay Area thing or a California thing. I'm sure you guys will let us know if you also had it where you live. But I was the only one in my family to go to science camp. And that's about the furthest that I've gotten when it comes to camping. I liked Mm -hmm. it though. I feel like it's different when you go with like your friends, like from school and you're young and you have like a camp counselor. Like it's cute. That was super fun. But you said your parents were kind of afraid of something happening. Yeah. I think they actually envisioned real bears being there. So no pun intended with the rhyme. (laughs) So they didn't let me go. Um, and just to clarify, I didn't think that camping exclusively was for the Bay Area folks. I just cannot recall the name of it. It was a very specific camp name and I can't recall. For us, and I know we went to different, we were in different school districts, but for my school district, it was called Walton West. That's what it was. Yeah. Thank you for refreshing my mind. Anyone that's been to Walden West and if you still have that gray hoodie... I'm jealous. I, I was so envious of those cool kids that came back with one. But yes, it was Walden West. Um, also, yeah, let us know if you're not from the Bay, if you guys even went to Walden West or what was your camp experience lesson? What was it called? Yeah. And I know some people like volunteered as like high school students and stuff like they that. Did, so, yeah. you know, I, now we're getting into sidetracked into this <laughs> whole like, but besides Walden West, I have never been camping and I'm okay with that. I don't Same. Think, I'm personally okay with it too. I know that there's so many ways to camp, but personally, hate bugs, hate being sweaty, hate being dirty. Some people love, you know, feeling. <laughs> <laughs> I think like, they don't mind any of it, and we mind it much more, I was right? Say some people love the <laughs> the feeling of nature. Some okay. people love the feeling of nature. Okay. I'm just not one of them. But I support everyone in their decisions. I'm sure there's so much to like enjoy about it. Maybe I'll change my mind one day. Yeah, maybe if someone were to ask you, hey, would you like to go camping? Maybe we could do a check-in by then. It's like, hey, you've gone camping now. Do you love it? Do you have different thoughts or do you still not like camping? I will definitely let you guys know and keep you guys updated. But speaking of like skydiving... Speaking of skydiving, because I know I, I just said that I'm not considering skydiving anymore, but I did when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Going back on The Bachelor, if anybody knows The Bachelor, there's someone there that was a contestant. He was on Bachelor in Paradise. He's now married to Caitlin, Caitlin Miller Keys. But he is like an all kind of adventure. I see him oh. going on all kinds of excursions, see him skydiving. He's very wow. adventurous. His Instagram must look so cool. It's yeah, it's like a highlight reel. It's so it's so crazy. He's definitely an adult, so he's now at the point where this is who he is. Mm-hmm. And more so than being younger and just, you know, like having new experiences be exciting. Right. And I know he takes his wife on these adventures too. Oh my goodness. So kind of, you know, that's cute. It's so cute. Just tying it back together. I know you have something from Reddit and it kind of reminded me of him. Oh yeah. So, um, 
just to do a little homework for this episode, I typed in, um, you know, why do people love skydiving? And what popped up is this post. And as said, the post was, why do you enjoy skydiving? And a commenter, this one definitely stuck out to me and I'll read it to you guys. Well, why do you enjoy breathing? I like four-way competition because it's like speed chess with death on the line. Interesting. That's <laughs> Yeah, I, you know what? I don't understand the four-way competition. Yeah, I don't, not really sure what that means. But um, to respond to the question of why do you enjoy skydiving with why do you enjoy breathing? Um, whoever you are, I don't really have a choice. I really need to breathe. I really... Yeah, it's not that we enjoy breathing. I definitely appreciate my lungs and appreciate what they do for us. But I wouldn't say we we like go around and say we enjoy, enjoy breathing. breathing. Like it's an excursion. It's a pastime hobby. So maybe if that person would like to reevaluate their comment, I would love to hear a different reason to why they enjoy skydiving. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just me. Maybe because I don't understand. Yeah, I'm. I'm a little bit unsure what they mean by that, and I would like to see what if they can expand on it. I think that'd be better for me to see from their perspective. But it just kind of seems like they're saying like it's just something that I I just do. Yeah, I just am. Maybe if right. anybody can else in the in I was gonna say in the comments. Yeah, if anybody can enlighten us, that would. If any of you have gone skydiving, let us know why you like skydiving. Yeah. Can I, I make one comment on this? Yes. I have a I had a coworker that's gone skydiving before and told me that for her experience at the end of it when she landed, she said the sensation was so much adrenaline that she felt like she wanted to fight somebody <laughs> when she landed. So which gave me a good chuckle cuz I thought that it was so, so cute funny. and funny. Um, but that was her experience when she landed. So again, if any of you guys have had that experience, let us know. But I can see that adrenaline being fun. Yeah. You know, like when else are you going to come down from somewhere and feel like you want to fight somebody? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. Like in no other scenario, like your adrenaline is just pumping. Mm -hmm. But you know how we all have shower thoughts? I definitely do. Yeah, I have. Well, it's maybe not so much of a shower thought but more so an anxious thought oh and it's regarding skydiving so as I was doing a little bit of homework for skydiving I had this anxious thought pop into my head because Mm. you know how people pull the Mm, rope to expand the parachute yes so my anxious thought was what if you pass out while skydiving and you don't pull out the cord because have you seen mm. those videos? I I do. I think you'd have to be so good at skydiving that you do it alone. Because don't they typically um they they buddy up with you, right? They they strap you to themselves, and then if anything were to go wrong, they they are they the second it. one. Yeah. yeah. But you know what? That let's just say in that scenario, for some reason you you are able to go by yourself. But to your point, you pass out. And you're not able to, what, what happens, right? Is there anyone around to save you? Is there anyone else there to like pull? So I was thinking about this because I know at least the guy from The Bachelor, Dean, he goes by himself. 
a lot of and like some other people so call that me is the scenario that is a scenario wow. and i don't know if you've seen these videos of people on this like slingshot roller coaster thing where they get slingshot up into the air and it's like some kind of like roller coaster but these people that i've seen who do that roller coaster slingshot they pass out because of i don't know i don't know if it's the adrenaline if it's because they get lightheaded or i'm going to show you some of these videos after we get out of oh this you got to link it to us i i got i got to say this again and again that yeah. sounds so shocking and I can, I would definitely be the one, by the way, to pass out and have drool on my face. I've already been told that when I'm on a roller coaster and when I scream, the drool just drips right out of my mouth. <laughs> that is me. So, okay. So maybe this would be, so it would be to your benefit not to, you know, go alone skydiving. Okay. But I have an answer for us Okay. because I needed to know. So from my research, they say that passing out while skydiving is super uncommon interesting yeah so it's super uncommon uncommon but not only that there is an aad which is called an automatic activation device and it's yeah so essentially it's required by the united states parachute association if you're skydiving it's required by the united states parachute association and essentially it's if you get to a certain level without having deployed the thing it auto deploys for you oh my gosh that sounds like such a nice uh, safety net so they really thought of everything thank god okay so that's actually pretty reassuring to know because i really thought it was just like the one pull and that's it that's what i thought that was my thought and i'm i'm glad to know that there's safety precautions into place yeah moving on from there i wanted to ask you ashley what is the most adventurous thing that you've done? So as we've said before, or as I've said before, I'm not a huge thrill seeker. I'm not very adventurous. The most adventurous thing I've done is hike through the Grand Canyon to a place called Supai, Haba Supai. Mm-hmm. And it is here. Give me one second. So Haba Supai is a Native American reservation inside the Grand Canyon that has been there for the past 800 years. But they do have a lodging area and an area for camping for anybody and visitors who want to go and visit the reservation. They are open to that. You just have to see their website and see when they're taking reservations. It's a very, very beautiful location inside of the Grand Canyon with like waterfalls and it's very beautiful and seeing the people who are native to that location is also really beautiful you get to walk past their school and their church and all this is inside the Grand Canyon so it's it's really really interesting um I never knew that even existed um but I remember you telling me now that you're refreshing all this. The photos really were beautiful, guys. So if you were to make an adventurous trip or excursion, try that place out. It, the photos were phenomenal. The hike online says that it is a strenuous hike. It is about 10 miles in each direction, rocky and sandy. When I went, it was sprinkling and it was lightly sprinkling. Oh, yeah. But as 
one would know for 10 miles lightly sprinkling i was like drenched by the time i got to the lodging area oh man so it is a little difficult but they do have some other options they have another option to get inside by like horse or donkey Mm -hmm. and then their other option is by helicopter so i actually yeah i use a helicopter to get out but i hiked on the way in so it's really beautiful that was the most adventurous thing i've done How would you rate that excursion out of 10? Out of 10, I would say 10 10 out of 10 for the whole experience. I loved the experience. I loved being in the reservation and seeing how the people were living and and talking to the community. And like, I loved that aspect of it. Mm -hmm. And I stayed in a lodging area, so it wasn't a tent. Mm -hmm. So it was a little bit more to what I'm used to Mm -hmm. kind of like a hotel so to speak it was very minimal but it did have like it was I think it would have been a little bit different if I if I stay like in a tent because I wouldn't know what I was doing for one (laughs) the hike was a little strenuous the hike I was very sore after so the hike I would say it was pretty difficult for me and I would give the hike maybe like a four out of ten I had knots on my back from carrying (laughs) my backpack but yeah, overall 10 out of 10. Amazing. What is the most adventurous thing that you've done? Well, it wasn't something that I had put my hand up to do independently, but I had an old friend ask me like, hey, I am learning to serve. I've been doing this for some time now, and I feel confident enough to teach you, especially during the summertime. Would you like to come? And I said, yes, because it seems so fun and you know interesting. So being younger, I said, yeah, sure, why not? And um, he did a really good job teaching me. So I had a lot of fun. This was also done during the summertime. And of those wondering where I had learned it, I was at Lin- excuse me, Linda Mar Beach. And I believe that's at Pacifica. So if any of you guys know, um, now you know where I learned to surf. So the experience of that was pretty interesting because the waves were, you know, smaller during the summer of those who have learned or just just know the stuff the waves are getting smaller during summer and the waves get bigger during winter um and i believe it has something to do with the moon or something like I that i think so i think it has to do with the moon and yeah the yeah. geographical pole right so why this is adventurous to me is because initially just the thought of like getting the board out on actually in the pacific ocean was like intimidating you're like oh my gosh once i'm about six feet past shore how deep does it suddenly drop right and that's me being scared but it really helps when someone's holding literally holding your hand through the whole way of like don't worry I'm here your board strapped to your ankle if you feel scared just grab onto it as a flotation device and it wasn't until I was about maybe 30 feet away from shore it hit me like oh my gosh I'm I mean that's it I I, I would either drop and maybe my mind is just get like, oh my gosh, I fall now. I'll fall straight to the bottom of the ocean. But um, but he did such a good job teaching me that I wasn't focused on the dangers anymore. I became more focused on like, how do I catch this wave that's behind me? Like, how do I become the little duckling and just flip, flip underneath the wave so I can just be safe? And then the real danger really hit me when he had asked me to come back for the winter sessions. And I was thinking, sure, it was so fun. It was easy, right? 
totally wrong. Didn't know what I was getting myself into. And by the way, it's cold, um, much colder than the summer. So your muscles are contracted and it's working against you. So basically at the end of it, I learned my lesson to like, uh, maybe not surf during the winter after like, I don't know, like a 10 foot wave hit me. And I was like, okay, I think I'm good. <laughs> and you don't even have to say why it's adventurous. Like it's incredibly adventurous. And maybe to some people, like they know how to surf and they've been doing it for a long time. But for those of us that have never surfed, myself included, I can't even imagine being like this tiny person in this huge ocean, ocean right. and the ocean is so strong. I, I don't know if people forget how strong the ocean is. Right. Like it can swallow you. It, it really is. Oh my gosh. Like we are like literally grains of sand compared to like the massive ocean. And mind you, I also was, if anyone's thinking it, I was thinking about sharks. <laughs> I was like, I was thinking it right now. Right. And I was like, I mean, two things were like on my mind and I was thinking if something were to happen, I at least know that I wasn't alone. (laughs) So luckily I'm okay. Nothing happened, but the shark sphere was on my mind. But luckily my friend was like there to like keep me focused on the task at hand. So I wasn't so fixated on it. So would you continue to go surfing or Um, pick those lessons back up? Now, I would probably try to learn indoor sur- indoor surfing. I had recently, no, not recently. This was a year, few years back. But I learned that there are facilities that will do indoor surfing. So will I ever pick it back up on my own? Probably not. But if someone were to ask me and I'm just right there, maybe, yeah, I'll try it. But um, on my own, back in the Pacific Ocean or any ocean at all, probably not. <laughs> I would try the little surfing simulator thing. Oh, that's cute. Have you seen those? Like it's just like a a fake little wave. Uh I'll have to show you the videos. There's so much I have to show you after. If anybody knows what I'm talking about, I think they have them. I don't know. I think I've seen them like at like amusement parks. Oh. Yeah. I've seen people fall on them and then roll and roll. Yeah. But. Yeah. I think they had them at Raging Waters, right? Oh. Is that the one you're talking about? Like, I, let's say fake waves, like the, the tsunami. I think that was called the tide pole. But, tide, okay. Or maybe I'm wrong, but that's, I know what you're talking about, but it's but that's not, not that one. one. Okay, never Speaking mind. Speaking of Raging Waters, it's also closing. I know, an iconic amusement, amusement park closing down. Ah, uh, very sad. We're losing another one oh in our Bay Area. I haven't, I hadn't gone. I've gone like maybe like once, <laughs> maybe oh, no. once or twice, but. That's okay. Um, you've gone to Great America quite a bit and I've been to Raging Waters quite a bit just because it's right there in my neighborhood, so to speak. So yeah. Oh, sad, sad times sad for the times. Bay. What are we going to have now? Just homes. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently there's not enough, I guess. But um, anyway, that's for a story for another day. For our closing segment, we thought it'd be fun to take a BuzzFeed quiz and share our results with everyone. The quiz is called, This Quiz Will Tell You Exactly What Type of Adventure You Need. So I'm happy to share mine out first. I would love to hear what you got and what type of adventure you need. Yeah, so very cute quiz, very fun. So mine says, white water rafting, a little water never scared you. Pack your water shoes because you're going 
whitewater rafting. Experience the Grand Canyon on a raft down the Colorado River. Start your adventure here. That is a great way to segue to um, like a business and just like have the person like um, book an excursion. But I will tell you right now, I am probably not going to do that. (laughs) But I appreciate them saying like, I'm a little adventurous. You know, it didn't make sense to me when I saw that you had gotten that. Mm Mm-hmm. But after hearing your surfing story, it's making a little bit more sense. Oh my gosh, yeah. Just kidding. I don't think you're going to be picking up to go to um, whitewater rafting anytime soon. What about you? What did you get? So mine says, experience it all. You want it all. You like to live your life grand. Enjoy everything from walking the sky to rafting down the Colorado River. Your adventure awaits you. So I don't know if this is real because walking mm. the sky, I have no idea what that means. Yeah. Um, I have no idea, but mm. it didn't exactly tell me exactly what adventure I need. It just told me that I'm open for experiencing anything. Yeah. I think that sounds like, I think it kind of sounds like you, I would say you're a very open-minded person. Um, you are open to the thought of the experience of, um, like minimal to no thrills and meaning that <laughs> man, i'm doing such a great job like she's very dull she's so boring very predict no, no thrills i guess what i'm trying to say is that you you do enjoy the little things in life and find joys in it and you're also able to have fun where there are a little bit or a lot of th- um, thrills in there yeah i guess you're right i'll be open to to something small <laughs> so if anyone wants to take the same quiz as we did uh, we'll have that linked into the description box as well with that being said thanks everyone for listening to this week's episode we hope you enjoyed it let us know if you have any upcoming adventures planned stay tuned for next week's episode you don't want to miss it it's going to be a good one we'll see you then thanks everyone bye